I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Martin Luther King Day. In-depth coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you on this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and we're continuing to strive to elevate the conversation and separate the rage from the reason. And, of course, we always want you to join us on that. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Weigh in with your thoughts on this very important day. And uh, really pleased now to get some thoughts uh, from one of our favorites, Janetta Williams, uh, who, uh, of course, was has been a part of the uh, NAACP Salt Lake branch and uh, led that organization. She's a former member of the uh, NAACP National Board. Uh, but most important, uh, she is a friend of this community and someone that uh, I look to for thoughts on a wide range uh, of issues as she is concerned about making our community a, a better place. Uh, Janetta, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Well, thank you, Boyd. Good talking with you. And uh, as always, this is a, a big day, a little different than normal. And I have to admit, I'm, I'm a little sad today uh, for years, both as a chief of staff and over the last few years uh, as a, a member of the media uh, to be able to attend the, uh, the wonderful luncheon uh, that you uh, typically host uh, de- here in downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently this year. Tell us about it. Yes, we are doing it different. It is, you know, so sad to have to do it this way, but at, at least we're being, being able to get the word out to people and in a way that we can also give honor and uh, commemorate the Dr. King holiday. So this evening at 7 o'clock p.m. on CW30, uh, we will be hosting our uh, special one-hour special from the Salt Lake branch, and we will be uh, giving out our awards that we normally would be at the luncheon, which would be our Dr. King Award, our Rosa Parks Award, first responders, and our scholarships. Again, that's on CW30 at 7 o'clock p.m. today. And then again on Saturday on ABC4 at 6 o'clock p.m. Wonderful. And uh, it is a great event and it, it is just a great opportunity. And I love the fact that uh, it's not just about talking, it's it's about doing. And those who have actually gone out there uh, and done it, just give us a, a quick snapshot of uh, those that are going to receive awards today. Yes. So we will be uh, honoring the Ken Garth Foundation for all of their work in education and literacy. Our Rosa Parks Award to Jeanette Bott with President CEO for the Utah Food Bank. And then we have actually 18 recognitions for first responders going uh, beyond the call of duty uh, for their work in the community, and then 15 scholarship recipients. And we've had uh, local donors that have contributed to our scholarship fund, you know, which is really, really good. And we're hoping that when folks see the scholarship recipients and our program, that they hopefully will also be able to contribute to our NAACP. Wonderful. Well, as, as you look back uh, over the years, and uh, you, you've had so many extraordinary speakers and guests and people that you've honored 
at the Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, luncheon uh, here in Salt Lake City. Uh, as, as you look back at that, and obviously this year being a little bit different, both in terms of uh, the pandemic, uh, but also just in terms of the what the last year has been uh, in so many different ways. And Dr. King always had that vision of, of looking forward, not back. Uh, and so, Janetta, as you look at where we are, what have you learned over the past year, and, and what do you hope we do different or better uh, as we move in uh, to this new year? I think what I've learned is that we there needs to be open discussion, open dialogue when we talk about race, because so often people feel uncomfortable. So we need to try to hopefully make people feel comfortable to talk about it, to talk about it in their homes, be able to maybe go to the Internet of or tune into stations like, you know, KSL, to be able to listen and learn. And another thing what we want to talk about is the the need for assistance with our police reform. We've been working and meeting with uh, law enforcement uh, since the end of May and all of the things started happening, you know, with the protests. And so we have had open dialogues, and so people don't know that, and we folks know that we are talking with law enforcement, and it's and we've made progress, and we're working with legislators to try to get some legislation uh, when this session starts up, and then talk about the jobs and justice and the disparity in wages. Uh, so there's a, a lot of things going on, and so we're hoping that we can do these type of things and. Uh, just like yesterday, there was a nonviolent uh, protest up at the Capitol, and we want to make sure that that those type of things continue because we don't want to see violence. In fact, um, Dr. King, his principle one, first principle, he had six principles, and the first one was nonviolence is a way of life for courageous people. So we want to make sure that we have courageous people, and we want to look at nonviolence. Ah, that's so, so important. And yeah, that, that balance between making sure we can have our freedom of speech and our freedom to peacefully assemble, uh, we need to make sure we do that in a, in a way that we can actually elevate. Uh, Jeanette, i got just a, a minute or so left. Uh, sure. as, you, as you look back with all the different people that you have interacted with, you have represented this community and this state so well, uh, not just here, uh, but nationally uh, with your work uh, with the NAACP and a host of partners and, and other groups. As you look back, give us one person or, or someone that maybe we don't know uh, that taught you something important in terms of, as you said, getting comfortable with those uncomfortable conversations and coming together uh, to solve these kind of problems. I can't really just say just that, you know, there's one person. I, I think there might be a, a group of people that we uh, kind of look at in, in, in different ways that we, you know, what we approach things. Uh, somebody that people don't know about is really difficult. Uh, that's a hard question, boys. <laughs> We're trying to stump you today, Janetta. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, that one did because I've worked with so many uh, people. I've worked with the late Julian Bond. Mm. I've worked with uh, Marilee Evers Williams, the life, uh, the wife of um, Midga Evers. Right. You know, and I've worked, of course, with Derek Johnson, <clears throat> and then our uh, our chairman of the board, Leon Russell. Uh, you know, some of those folks. But then locally, I've worked with so many people here and different groups and organizations, which have been uh, really good to the NAACP. And I have always tried to have an open uh, open dialogue with yeah. folks, you know, if they had questions and we compile 
uh, material for folks to be able to talk about race and videos and books to talk to the children about. So we I've just had a just a wide range of of folks that have been very instrumental and very helpful uh, when we're trying to get the word out about uh, working together and about uh, race relations. Wonderful. Yeah. And that uh, there are so many, <clears throat> excuse me, across the, the country and right here uh, close to home. And it, it does take one of my favorite uh, principles from Dr. King is just that idea that one person actually can make a difference. And Janetta Williams, you've made a real difference as one person in this community uh, in this community and we're appreciative of your efforts and uh we look forward to to watching and hearing more uh, about a unique version of the Martin Luther King Jr lunch uh this year uh, being on uh, televised CW30 tonight at 7 and uh, Janetta we really appreciate all your work and look forward to having you back real soon well, thank you so much, and thank you for thinking about the NAACP. You bet. All right. Again, that's uh, Janetta Williams from the NAACP joining us uh, here on KSL News Radio today. We'll go ahead and step aside for our bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears and get into the, some of the application. This is uh, a day to, to uh, celebrate. It's also a day of service. Find out how you can participate next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Sources. Inside sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Martin Luther King Day. In-depth coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you on this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as we come back, uh, one of the uh, famous quotes from Martin Luther King Jr., one that I think helps to transcend just talking about quotes uh, from him. There's so many. You could literally just read and listen to them all day long. But he said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? In other words, it's not enough to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, you have to act like him. You have to take action and uh, move things forward. And of course, that most persistent, most urgent question is, what are we doing for others? And joining us now to talk about just that, what are we doing for others, is Elna Hamp. Uh, she is the co-chair uh, of the National Day of Service to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day and the Biden inauguration. Uh, Elma, thanks for joining us. 
Hi, Boyd. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. Doing well. So tell us just a little bit about this National Day of Service. And uh, again, I think it's so important that big or small, we all can do something today. And uh, tell us some of those things that you're hoping people will do. Yes. So um, the main thing that um, we're doing with the Utah Food Bank is um, going to the site. So it's Utah MLK Day to donate uh, to the Utah Food Bank. Um, When we were asked to put um, this day of service together, one of the things that uh, we wanted to make sure of, and this was directed by the Biden committee, is to make sure that we were socially distancing, wearing masks. And as we started to go through different projects that we could do, that was very difficult. Um, So we decided that the best way to do this is to put up a, a website through GoFundMe and have people donate directly. And we've just had great response to that. Kim Gardner originally donated uh, matching funds of $10,000. And then we got to the $10,000 point. And then Patrice Arendt and her business partners have put together another $10,000. So we have just had great success um, on the campaign um, to drive uh, more food to the Utah Food Bank. Oh, that's so important. And the the Utah Food Bank has such an extraordinary track record here in the state of Utah. Uh, I know at the uh, NAACP's uh, annual Martin Luther King Jr. lunch today, they're actually celebrating uh, the food bank and uh, those who have made that such an extraordinary success here. Uh, so we can go through a, uh, a GoFundMe account there, and, and we'll put this up on our uh, Facebook page here. And uh, but what else? Uh, where else can uh, listeners go to uh, make that contribution or engage there? Well, the other thing that they can do. So the Utah Food Bank today is closed, but for Martin Luther King Day. But um, tomorrow it'll reopen, and you can also deliver food directly to the food bank. One of the things um, that I've learned, I've learned a lot um, through this. Um, is that Utahns facing hunger has jumped from 374,000 to 511,000 during this pandemic. Wow. So there's a a huge need um, for um, food. And I've also learned working with the Food Bank with Heidi, who's their communications director, that that it's a very well-run organization. We've reached out to a lot of people, and a lot of people are already giving, but um, based on the need, um, more needs to be done for the Utah Food Bank in yeah, particular. That's great. That is fantastic. Well, we appreciate you joining us today and uh, that insight. Again, it is a day of service. And, uh, Elna, we really appreciate you joining us here on KSL News Radio today. Thank you so much, Boyd. All right. Again, that's uh, Elna Hamp, uh, who's uh, the uh, co chair of the Utah. Uh, day National Day of Service to celebrate the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday and uh, the inauguration week, of course, with uh, President-elect Joe Biden. And, and it is an opportunity. I hope that everyone today, uh, I think it is so important that we we do all the, the right things. We have to make sure we do social distancing and wear masks and, and all of that. Uh, and there are many opportunities out there today to, to do something, to take some action, to do some good. Uh, in a way that will really make a difference in our communities. And I would encourage everyone to take that opportunity today to look for those unique moments where you can reach out, where you can make a difference, whether that's a monetary 
uh, donation that you can make today. Again, you can find that on our Facebook page, uh, whether that's actually going out into the community and doing something that you can safely do on this holiday and uh, really striving to to make a difference. Uh, I think it's also important for us uh, on a day like today uh, to, to make sure that we uh, kind of do our own inventory. Uh, as we were speaking with Janetta Williams uh, from the NAACP, uh, we were talking about the idea of getting comfortable having those uncomfortable conversations. And whether those are about race or anything else for that matter, uh, we, we have to get back to that. Uh, I was talking with my good friend, uh, Teresa Deer, uh, who's in Illinois. Uh, first met her back at the NAACP uh, National Convention in Detroit in 2019. Uh, she's become a great friend. She wrote a brilliant piece for uh, Deseret.com today, uh, talking about this whole idea that it really does just take one. If there's anything, if there's anything that comes out of the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr., it is the idea uh, that one person can make a difference. And making sure that one person is you is is really the ultimate test and the ultimate question for all of us. Because uh, we, we can, any one of us can make a difference. Uh, we can start a conversation. We can begin a friendship. We can reach outside ourselves. Uh, we can mentor a young person. We can support a small business. We can help seniors. Uh, we can do all those things. And we can have peaceful conversations. We can have elevated conversation. We can uh, influence change. We can inspire hope. Uh, it just takes one. It just takes one person willing to do one thing, uh, and that's how it all begins. Uh, and as we have uh, sort of paraphrased uh, in the past, that one person with an idea in their head is in danger of being called crazy. Two people with the same idea may be foolish, but they can't be called crazy. Ten people with the same idea, and they start to act. A hundred, and people start to take notice. A thousand, and they start to gain results tangible and real. 10,000, they can change the course of a community. 100,000, they can change the course of a country. And why only 100,000? Why not 100 million or more? And that question is left up to each of us. But it begins with each of us individually deciding what we can do and then doing it. We're going to go ahead and step aside for a commercial break. When we come back, final segment on this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Stay with us. Much more to discuss, much more to talk about. Coming up next. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Martin Luther King Day. Luther King Day. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of Deseret News, and great to be with you on this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Hope you are enjoying your day today. Hope you're pausing today to do a couple things. I hope you think some elevated thoughts today, and I hope you take some elevated action today to really get out there and make a difference on a day that uh, we should be acting, not just talking or thinking or passively listening, uh, which is often what we do on many of our holidays that uh, celebrate uh, presidents uh, or people like Martin Luther King, uh, we got to lean into those uh, because it's not enough to talk about them. Uh, we have to start acting like them and doing the things that they did to make a difference. And so I want to go now in this final segment uh, to some uh, some of my favorite sound uh, that uh, connects us to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
Uh, and I want to start with something uh, from our friend Reverend Amos Brown. Reverend Amos Brown is the 17th pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco. Uh, he was one of the last students uh, of Martin Luther King Jr. And we've had the opportunity to have him on this program, Interviewed, have interviewed him several times. Uh, and I always learn something and I always come away smiling with a little bounce in my step and a little more energy and a little more optimism. Uh, when we're around uh, Reverend Amos Brown. Uh, but I want to play first uh, something he talked about as, as he talked about the division in the country and how we need to connect in ways he learned for himself from Martin Luther King. There's too much division in our nation, too much incivility, disrespect. God then ordained that we would be about superficial ideas and attitudes if we don't learn to live together as brothers and sisters, as my teacher Martin Luther King so eloquently said, we will all perish as fools. We need each other. We should not turn on each other in these difficult times. We should turn to each other. I love that. Uh, We should not turn away from each other or turn on each other. We should turn to each other. Uh, and of course, that uh, great quote uh, from Martin Luther King that we should we should come together uh, as brothers and sisters, or we'll all perish uh, as fools. Uh, and Reverend Brown is one of those who uh, does that, like Martin Luther King Jr., by action, uh, and not just by action, not just uh, by showing up and having a voice or being part of a protest, uh, but working together, linking arms, and uh, striving to understand each other just a little better, recognizing that when we work together, uh, everything is better. Each of us has something to offer. We used to sing that old song in nursery school. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. Your song will be my song and my song will be your song. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. The more we work together, I would add, the happier we will be. I love that from Reverend Amos Brown. The The more we work together, the happier we'll be. Uh, that good old nursery school rhyme. Uh, and so true today. Uh, the more we work together, the more we come together, uh, the happier we are going to be. Now, I want to go to the, the words of Martin Luther King Jr. And this importance of not sitting back, not resting on our loyal laurels, not resting on past progress, Uh, but recognizing there is an urgency for us to act now. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. In the words of uh, the late uh, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., there are so many uh, wonderful things, even in just that simple clip. You take 30 seconds of that, and I love this idea of the fierce urgency of now that we we can't we 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 are not afforded the luxury of of cooling off 
or or what Dr. King called the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Uh, that's a test for us, uh, that it's not enough to just kind of keep undulating along. Uh, it's time for quantum change. It's time for, for big things to happen. Uh, now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. And uh, those are those are the things that are so important to all of us. And I think it's uh, it's critical that we do recognize that urgency of now. Uh, I wrote a piece just last week uh, about uh, President Russell M. Nelson from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who at 96 and a half uh, understands this idea that next is now, that there is an urgency of now. Uh, and for someone in there uh, going on 96 and a half, uh, there's urgency and there's a great focus on the future and we can't rest. It, it's time to double down, uh, to jump in to stand up, to speak out, uh, and to take action. And I think that's ultimately the test that we, we have to get to. Because whether it's a, a religious context, whether it's a political context, whether it's a community context, uh, we all have to get to this place where we can make it real, where we can make the words of great heroes, uh, flawed as they all are, uh, whether that is Martin Luther King Jr. or a Thomas Jefferson or a George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or anyone else along the way uh, in that steady march through history, they're all flawed. They all had their weaknesses and their big mistakes, but they all had this ability. Uh, another of my favorite words that I learned from Reverend Amos Brown, it's really not a word, uh, but he called it <clears throat> tangibilitate, uh, to make something real. Uh, to make it understandable, touchable, attainable, doable. And I think that's what we have to do in all of our talk, whether that's talk in terms of our faith, whether that's talk in terms of our politics, whether that's talk in terms of our policies, uh, or what we do in our communities and families. Uh, so once more, let's let's turn to uh, Reverend Amos Brown. Tangibilitation means people becoming involved. It means. And I think that is admirable, it's commendable, and all we need to do is to continue to hold our hope and do the good thing that we are doing, right. of being a people of integrity, of goodwill, and having our sight kept on the prize of saving the soul of this nation. Love that. Keep our eye on the prize of saving the soul of this nation, recognizing that the soul of this nation does not belong to a political party or to a politician, to a business leader. Uh, it belongs to all of us, and we have to reflect that. As we come down the, the home stretch, I want to share just a little bit from a speech that Dr. King gave at Cornell College uh, that I haven't been able to find audio. I'm not sure audio exists of this particular speech. Uh, but it contains some things that uh, I think are so important for us as we uh, round out inside sources here on Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Dr. King said, people fail to get along because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because they have not communicated with each other. We must come to see that the end we seek is a society at peace with itself a society that can live with its conscience. Nonviolence means avoiding not only external physical violence, but also internal violence of spirit. 
Uh, I love that. It, it's not just the outward physical violence we need to be worried about. It's that inward, that internal violence of the spirit. You not only refuse to shoot a man, but you refuse to hate him. Violence as a way of achieving racial justice is both impractical and immoral, said Dr. King. I am not unmindful of the fact that violence often brings about momentary results. Nations have frequently won their independence in such battles. But in spite of temporary victories, violence never brings permanent peace. Nonviolence is a powerful and just weapon. Indeed, it is a weapon unique in history, which cuts without wounding and ennobles the man who wields it. I uh, love that from Dr. King. Uh, again, that was from a speech he gave at Cornell College, one that's definitely worth going back and, and reading and rereading. Uh, finish with this thought from Dr. King. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. That is why right, temporarily defeated, is stronger than evil triumphant. Courage is an inner resolution to go forward despite obstacles. And that's the challenge for all of us to tangibilitate the principles of freedom and to make them real in our own communities. I'm Boyd Matheson. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Thanks for joining us on KSL. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that makes a difference. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.